This episode of Stories of an Extraordinary Industry is brought to you by Densdeck Roof Boards. To learn more, go to densdeck.com slash stop callbacks. Well, welcome to this special edition of Stories of an Extraordinary Industry podcast, a production of NRCA. I am your host, Jared Ribble. This is our 40th podcast episode, and it just so happens to fall on the final podcast episode of the season, where traditionally we take time and reflect on where we have been and what we've learned. I want this episode to be an inspiration to you as we revisit the three themes from this last year, innovation, workforce development, and giving back. By the end of this episode, I trust you will have three New Year's resolutions to take into the new year to make yourself personally and your company thrive. So here we go. Let's rewind the tape and uncover some beautiful gems from this past year. Here is Ken Kelly from Kelly Roofing to explain his unique interest in technology and how his dad allowed him to put it to good use in their small roofing business. One of the biggest things that I brought was technology, software. I could write basic code. Now, in those days, uh, in 1992, the code was very rough not like it is today, where a lot of the scripts run themselves. But I was able to build complex Excel spreadsheets. I built a flat uh, Microsoft Access database. And what I was able to do was estimate and control cost much faster than what dad was doing prior. He was able to do maybe one or two good estimates a day, including writing the proposal on a typewriter and everything old school or handwrite it. I was able to automate that process to where if you just gave me the dimensions, I could give you a price and I can give you that price with options, upgrades, downgrades, those type of things. And then through the access database, I was able to pump out templated proposals very efficiently. So we went from giving one or two estimates a day to 20 to 30 estimates a day. And it was pretty fun. We rented a a car because the only company vehicle we had, we gave to our one employee so that he could do emergency repairs. And in this rental car, I had a dot matrix printer, a monochrome monitor, and a leading edge 386 computer where I was in the back seat and dad would yell down from the roof the measurements. I'd enter them in. By the time he took his ladder, put it back on the truck, I was reaching out the window and handing him a proposal that he could go and present and win the job on the spot. So all of a sudden, it, we realized technology was an accelerator, and that's what started our career. Now, Kelly is leading the pack with roofing technology, helping a little-known car company take their technology to rooftops. We've been installing Tesla for about two and a half years now. Uh, we were a part of their big blitz out in California when they launched the current product that we're using today. Uh, where we, they wanted to do 100 roofs in one week. So we sent out crews to help uh, participate in that program, and that gave us a lot of credibility. Then we did some innovating here in the state of Florida to, to increase the wind resistance and to improve on top of what is the most stringent code in the country. 
And that gave us more credibility. And over the last two years, uh, we've become one of the largest installers in the country. But more importantly, we feel like we're a part of Tesla. It's almost hard to say where Tesla stops and Kelly Roofing begins and vice versa. We're so integrated in the way we participate together to take care of customers and to install these roofs. It's really a neat uh, way to run a business because you have the supporting and backing of a much larger organization. And what we do here translates to something that improves for other contractors and other homeowners or building owners uh, you know, across the nation and now uh, across the world. We were the first installer to do an international install. We did the Four Seasons Resort in the island of Nevis. Uh, we did the first multifamily condo install. Uh, we've traveled, like we said, to, to install them. Um, we've done the first three-phase to single-phase conversion. Uh, we've done the largest single-family kilowatt system in the state of Florida, we've installed the most number of power walls on a single family home. Uh, we, we've all these records and it's just because we're willing to take on the projects and try out the new system, you know, try it and things that it hasn't been done yet. We'll figure it out. We have great people on board and we have the support of Tesla. So uh, we'll make it work. And speaking of making it work, taking on hard jobs in different countries, our next story was John Chan from Durable Slate as he told us about the Red House, the parliament building on the island of Trinidad. But it took innovative and creative thinking to accomplish this difficult copper and slate project. The economies in different places are so different. So in Trinidad, when they saw that, they said, well, you know, we want you to train our guys then. I said, so let's take a look at this. So they took us around and they showed us all these new slate roofs that their slate roofing company did. And <laughs> every single roof had at least 50 slates missing. Some of them had hundreds of slate missing on roofs that were like one, two, three, four, five years old. And I said, they don't know how to nail you know, they're over nailing the slates or they're under nailing the slates and they're breaking, they're falling out. I said, but it does look like they know how to lay a roof out. I said, so I think what we want to do is we want to go to a hook system. If we use battens and we hook the entire roof, your guys won't be nailing anything and they won't over and under nail everything. So I think if we can take that off of our chest, we can concentrate on the copper. If we go to the copper, what we wanna do is we wanna set up training to where guys can do all the basics. The other issue here was that they wanted all of our top guys there. I was saying, well, we, don't, we can't really just have all of our top guys and then have their crews at home. So we would just rotate guys in and out and then we would train their guys kind of like as a conveyor belt kind of a thing. And, you know, one set of guys would be learning how to do the standing seam. Other guys would be learning how to solder. In groups at a time, guys would learn how to do one certain thing. And so that way you weren't trying to teach them all a bunch of different things. And then we would get them going. And as they were going, we would watch over and then we could do the most difficult parts. And that's how we made that job work without a lot of labor. 
If you're feeling stagnant and want to grow in the new year, look to Ken Kelly and John Chan for inspiration in creative thinking and innovation. And listen to this word from Todd Miller of Isaiah Industries. One of the things that is interesting as a contractor moves into high, what I will call higher ticket, more expensive items, their margins also typically go up, their profitability goes up. And so one of the things that we often talk to contractors about and help them figure out if this makes sense for them is, you know, can I sell a product with is say two to three times the cost of what I've been selling? And now I have to sell less of what I've been selling, which means my crews can can do more. You know, maybe I can make the same money selling 75 jobs a year rather than having to sell 225 jobs a year. Good word, Todd. Okay, so New Year's resolution number one, use technology and creative thinking to take on difficult jobs, which result in more profit. We will get to our next New Year's resolution in a moment, but first. Are your clients thinking about what their roof will look like in the future? Building owners need your expertise when it comes to extending the life of their commercial roof. That's when you tell them about Densdeck Roof Boards with three solutions to fit various design intent. Our original gypsum coverboard protects against foot traffic, weather events, and fire. It also has the strength needed to support future roof installs like solar panels and HVAC. Use Densdeck Prime Roof Board to enhance your roof's moisture resistance. And finally, protect your roof from extreme wind uplift and hail damage with Densdeck Storm X Prime Roof Board. They're FM classified for very severe hail in approved single-ply membrane assemblies. So help your clients choose a resilient roof system and make sure Densdeck roof boards don't get value engineered out of your next job. You'll strengthen your rooftops and your customer relationships. Visit densdeck.com slash stop callbacks for more information. You enjoy roofing podcasts, so I want to introduce you to my friend, John Espenshade. He is the host of a podcast I love called Growing America's Roofing Workforce. John, tell us about this important podcast. Hey, Jared. Growing America's Roofing Workforce is all about answering this one simple question. What can we all do to help grow the roofing industry's future workforce? I bring an expert guest to discuss different ways to help recruit, train, and retain future members of the roofing industry. It's a fun and engaging conversation all about finding solutions to the roofing industry's greatest problem, finding and recruiting great talent. Listen and subscribe to Growing America's Roofing Workforce podcast. You will be glad you did. Welcome back to this special episode recapping the stories told in 2023. Before the break, we talked about innovation and creative thinking, but this season's stories also brought a few highlighting the workforce. How do we find the next generation of talent and keep them? Well, keeping talent is something that GSM Roofing in Ephrata, Pennsylvania knows all about. Here is Reed Gooding. We have a total of, we crossed over the 100 mark of our 25-year club sometime last year, maybe 18 months ago. 
and um, looking at our list of current employees that are in the 25-year club that are working today, there are 47 members of our team. Um, and between GSM Roofing and GSM Industrial, we have about 200 employees. So uh, I believe that's about 25% of the workforce has been with us for 25 years. Treating your employees well with good benefits is, of course, important. But the fact is, there's one thing required to keep your workers for the long haul. Here is one of their 25-year club members, Alan Buell. And there definitely was a career ladder at GSM, which uh, is another thing. It, it worked out well for me. Uh, I, I mean, I have lots of friends here that uh, that have been a foreman for 30, 35, 40 years, and, and that's where they want to be, and they're happy doing that. But I did have the opportunity to advance, and, and, I, and I took it. I think one of the reasons that we can retain employees is because we do live by a set of values, and people are definitely on our wall of what's important to GSM. Next, we took a trip down to Santa Fe, New Mexico, and spoke with Hillary McPartland, who is always finding ways to advance women in roofing. I noticed there were still like a lot of women who were in, on the administrative side, and I wasn't meeting people who were on the labor side um, in the field. And when I talked to uh, Georgia, the, our office manager about it, she was like, yeah, you know, I've never been on a roof. They said, you worked for the company for 16 years and you've never been on a roof. So I immediately made a policy that anybody who works for the company, you know, bar like even barring like any kind of disability, we'll find a way to get you on a roof, whether it's like going up through an elevator and walking out on it or whatever that looks like. We want Anybody who works for McPartland Roofing needs to know roofing or at least be on a roof, you know? It's, so we've, that's been a new thing. And once we started doing that, it was kind of a quick transition, like, oh, let's, let's do this. Like nobody's doing this. Let's, let's see if we can find women who also want to be on the roof. Yes, you can find women that want to be on the roof and for an important purpose. We were bidding uh, a job with Girls Inc. of Santa Fe. And I have just always been really inspired by Girls Inc. and and their female empowerment for from all ages. And the girls that come out of that program are uh, just amazing, stellar women. So we were like, let's see if we can get the female crew to do Girls Inc. And we can use that to attract women. We can hire women, you know, and of course we needed to train them. So we couldn't just like get a bunch of women together and throw them on a roof. But um, we had some transition, mostly, it was mostly women to start. Um, and then by the time we got to our next big commercial job, um, we had a full women crew. We went to go work at the uh, Solace crisis treatment center which was is for like uh rape and sexual assault and they were so inspired too by the fact that we could have a female crew there you know to because a lot of the women who have already been through some trauma having women going in and out of the building was a lot easier than than having to you know set times and schedules when we could have our male crew go in and out 
And speaking of women on the roof, we found a great story of the next generation of roof installers, and one of the best in the country is a young woman named Mia Perez. She was exposed to the trades from her father. Unfortunately, he passed away, but left her with the values of working with your hands. Mia went to a career center which focuses on carpentry, flooring, and masonry. But Mia, she wanted to try roofing. In my um, career center, there's not like a specific area for roofing because in Indiana, it's still new. So I would, it's still technically in with the carpentry and masonry stuff. So, But I do have my own section in, my sh in the shop just for roofing and for me to work on. They had some of the team builders build uh, my mock-up. And then we had um, roofing companies donate some things. So I had my own little setup and it's really nice. When I started, you know, I had no knowledge of this whatsoever. Um, but I've gotten a lot of support in Indiana. There's this one roofer uh, company. He sent me a link to get me introduced to what roofing is, how to install it, what to do, the safety precautions for it. Mia would go on to compete at the national level for the Skills USA representing roofing. We are proud that she placed fourth in the nation. Way to go, Mia! But she couldn't have done it without the roofing industry's support to supply mock-ups and practice materials, and a roofing company coming alongside to mentor and guide her. Folks, if we want to reach the next generation and attract the Mias from around the country, we have to show up and go to them. Just like this year's Best of the Best MVP award winner, Terry Tilson, working for Advanced Roofing in South Florida. Well, the Boys and Girls Club is uh, when I came to work for Advance. Uh, David Paydosh was my boss, and uh, we wanted to know if I wanted to volunteer. And I said yes. Sounded like a good idea. And then when it, once I got over there, and you start seeing uh, the groups of kids, they have a like career day, and you get the groups from different Boys and Girls Clubs across you know South Florida. They come together in one day as a group, and we show them how to actually do roofing. Uh, different parts of roofing that they can do and do a hands-on. And, I mean, you see the, you know, young kids, you know, I had young kids, and you can see it in their eyes, you know, the ones that really like doing stuff with their hands. And you also see the ones that don't want to do anything to do with it, you know. But it's good that they come and they, they get a chance to look at all, because, you know, you have not only roofing, there's uh, electricians, plumbers, carpenters, uh, to show them different trades that these kids, you know, a lot of them probably not going to be able to go to college, but they could come in as, you know, they can move into construction trade and, and make good money, you know, probably more than they'd probably make if they went to college, you know, in their career once it gets going. So it gives them an opportunity to do, uh, one, do things hands-on because everybody, every station they go to, they get a chance to do whatever, you know, plumbing, roofing, whatever, they get a chance to do some hands-on stuff, uh, but it, it's good to see the young kids, you know, take an interest uh, not only to roofing but other things. And hopefully, they're not, you know, just like a dead end. What am I going to do with my life? You know, especially if they can't go to college, if they can't afford it, 
It can be hard for those of us with some miles on our tread to look at the younger generations and view them as hardworking, intelligent, and interested in anything but an iPad. Well, Skills USA, Mia, and Terry are showing us there are thousands of kids anxious to learn and get to work. So this brings us to our second resolution. The roofing industry must go to our youth, show up for them, and bring them into our industry. While talking with Terry Tilson, our producers learned that the company he works for, Advanced Roofing, is always one of the first to respond when a hurricane leaves destruction in its wake. So we spoke with Rob Cornerens and got a first-hand account of coordinating the relief efforts after Hurricane Dorian shattered the Bahamas in 2019. The first thing we always do is really, you know, we get up in the air, we have you know, a couple planes, and we, we fly over. So we were really one of the first flights over the Bahamas to assess. And we could tell that it was extensive. I mean, and, and there's, you know, there's different depths, or, you know, of hurricanes. And this lot, a lot of this was, you know, complete houses off foundations and, you know, a lot of lives lost. And, um, you know, we, so you, you have to assess and then you, we get with, uh, we got with uh, local government and local businesses and, you know, assess the needs. When we went over there, I, we were setting up at the rugby clubhouse with all the supplies and everything. And I went to the church next door and they lost the whole roof. They lost plywood. It was like a big skylight. So I walked in there and um, there was a pastor comes out and he's by himself and he's just looking at everything, shaking his head. And, you know, he just didn't know what he was going to do, you know. So immediately, you know, as a Christian and helping people out, immediately he went into action and, and started to locate some more tarps. We actually drove, drove some over there and gathered some plywood for him. So it was really a, a special calling. A special calling indeed. There are people all around you that need you. You will see them if you keep your eyes open and your hands available. You know, the roofing industry needs you too. The industry needs your voice to advocate for the betterment of the entire industry in Washington, D.C. There is a special event every year called Roofing Day. It is a coordinated event where the entire supply chain of the roofing industry shows up collectively on one day, and individual folks meet with their congressional members of Congress. Charles Antis of Antis Roofing and Waterproofing knew he needed to be there, and he also knew someone else in his company needed to be there as well. Most of my employees were born or first generation from another country. And sometimes the language or the stories or even the stuff that I do doesn't have the meaning that I want it to. And I, and I wanted to reach them and be heard and have them, their voices lifted. At the same time, Reed says, hey, don't just come and bring yourself and bring your daughter or bring your VP. Bring those who do the work. So that's the story I brought to my, my team. And I, I actually remember going to Jesus, who's one of my field supervisors and just a great man with this deep gravelly accent, you know. And I said, Jesus, will you go to Washington with me? And I know he didn't want to go. And he said, do you mind if I think about it? And Jesus was nervous, but he went because he remembered what his daughter said. And he went to that meeting and I went off to my meeting and I didn't know what happened. And I saw Jesus after and he was beaming, you know, and he was proud and he had a hard time talking. And he said it was really something. 
Because I went there and I showed up alone and Lou came into the office and he listened to me. He heard my story and he heard what it was like to be me and my family and my children living in the district where we live. And that was a really profound moment. The more profound moment happened to me two weeks later when I was at a United to End homelessness event where I serve on the board here in Orange County. And I saw Lou Correa and I was so excited to go tell him the impact that he had on our employee, Jesus Hermano. But as I saw him, I said, hey, Lou, I grabbed his hand. I said, you have no idea the impact you had on my man. And he grabbed my hand back and he said, Charles, you have no idea the impact Jesus had on me. Charles' simple act of taking his installer to advocate for the roofing industry had an effect multiplied. It affected Jesus' life. It affected the life of a congressman and ultimately affects the roofing industry. Attend Roofing Day and bring an installer with you. Now, speaking of simple acts of giving multiplied, Charles Antis has inspired Jason Stanley of IB Roof Systems, who has always had a culture of giving. But they were always quiet about it. Until a conversation with Charles changed everything. Um, so this giving has been going on. It's been part of the culture, part of the legacy of the company that we quietly give away and assist and help hundreds of churches, um, noble causes with Boys and Girls Club. We've all done it so quietly. And uh, I remember Charles Antis, uh, who's not so quiet, right? We all love Charles, uh, who brought us into a project with the Boys and Girls Club. And um, he asked if we would donate the roof for the Boys and Girls Club in California. They'd been closed due to COVID, and then they were about to reopen, and they'd lost too many granules on the asphaltic roof, and it no longer met Class A. And so they'd have to put a new roof on it before they could open up this Boys and Girls Club. And it was a really compelling story, and we said yes. And um, so we went to go supply the roofing materials for it. And um, Charles said, you got to fly here for the job and we got to take a picture and we got to walk the job. And it's like, well, that's not really what we do, right? We just just quietly give it away. And uh, I remember a couple months later, I opened up Professional Roofing Magazine. And in the centerfold of Professional Roofing Magazine was this job. And I was a bit uh, taken back because... We didn't give the material to get this centerfold press release on Ivy Roof Systems um, and giving on this Boys and Girls Club. So I felt a little awkward by it, right? I wasn't used to being put in the spotlight. And so I actually pulled Charles aside at one of the meetings. We had a really uh, in-depth conversation about giving and giving openly. And what I'd been taught was, right, if you give in secret, you'll be rewarded openly. And for those that do it openly, well, then you have your reward. And so I was really conflicted by this. And how do you give openly and not be perceived as boastful or arrogant in, in doing these gives? And uh, I think Charles was a, a little more mature than I am. And he said, I don't care. Uh, I don't care how people perceive me. I, I know in my heart the reason why I'm giving and what I'm doing and let them judge, right? That's that's on them. And if you're doing it with, with genuine intent and you're doing it for right, the, the right reasons, then then you're fine. And uh, I've found that as I've grown older as well, right? That I, uh, I, I care less about whether people think of me. I don't spend a lot of time trying to convince people I'm a good person, right? I, 
I am who I am. And, and we've done these good things and good deeds for, for decades, not for years, but for decades. But what's changed now is we give them openly and we talk about them. And we're a small roofing manufacturer when it comes to the, the multi-billion dollar manufacturers that are in our industry. And what Charles said is, what if they can see what you do and they can multiply what you're doing and the impact you can have in kind of paying it forward and seeing the impact you can have on the industry can be tremendous. And Charles was 100% right. If you can create a pathway for people to give, people give generously. And if you're looking for opportunities to give, they are all around us, all the time. As 2023 comes to a close, I hope you would use this episode as inspiration to bring new and better to the roofing industry in 2024. Make a resolution to do three things. One, try one piece of new technology to grow yourself or your business. Two, find one young person to mentor, bringing them into the roofing industry. And three, find one way you or your company can give to someone else. I promise you, if you do these three things, you personally will be better for it and we will keep the roofing industry extraordinary. As we close, Crystal, Alex, Krista, and everyone at the National Roofing Contractors Association, thank you for everything you do behind the scenes to make sure the great stories of the roofing industry are told and heard. And a huge thank you to our sponsor, Densdeck. Densdeck roof boards help protect against routine foot traffic, future installs, catastrophic weather events, and fire. It has been a tremendous year telling the stories of the extraordinary roofing industry. Thank you for being a regular listener. If you find this podcast valuable, someone else will too. Share it with them. It's time for me to head off and celebrate the holidays with my family. I hope wherever you are listening, you are well, safe, and proud of this great industry. I am your host, Jared Ribble. See you in the new year.